Quest Community Church, living life as friends with faith through knowing God, loving others, and making a difference. Great heart for ministry, and most of you may know him from what he does with uh, children's and youth ministry here, uh, but he's also a member of the worship team, an active member in that, and always helps us with dramas and things. He, he's really one of those guys who could fill just about any spot uh, and do it well um, here at Quest and all the min- many ministries that we do, and uh, has a really, really cool background, a very passionate guy, very smart guy, and uh, very happy that he's going to be joining us here this morning. So would you please welcome Bill Workman? And now I have to live up to that billing. So thank you. <laughs> um, so this past September, Ross approached me and he said, um, would you be willing to do the service uh, in between Christmas and, and New Year's? And I said, sure, that's not a problem. What do you want me to talk about? Uh, is there a topic or something that you want me to focus on? You know, is there a series we're getting into or out of? And he goes, no, just whatever's on your heart. I'm like, that's a lot. <laughs> Can we narrow that down? What was interesting, actually, over the next couple of weeks, um, I kind of got into thought mode and prayer mode and really trying to figure out what it is exactly that um, I was going to talk about. And I kept having this recurring theme come up in my mind and in my life. Um, Like uh, Dusty said, I do work with the youth. I went on a youth retreat and uh, actually... Uh, I'm going to use one of the scriptures that we used on the youth retreat um, just because it was a, a common thing, theme that kept coming up over and over again on um, the fact that we need to share God's love with love. And I know that sounds redundant. Uh, hopefully by the end of today, that'll make a lot more sense, okay? So let me just start by um, reading our uh, scripture passage for today. Um, it's going to be found in Colossians 3 and uh, verses 12 through 17. And you can follow along, it'll be on the screen, or if you have your tablet or book or whatever you want to use, all right? Um, So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Let me go ahead and open us in prayer. God, I just pray uh, today that... You would just use your word and my words to convey your thoughts. Uh, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would move in our hearts today and stir us toward action, um, towards using what it is you have for us. And uh, just pray your blessing on this. Uh, Take me out of the way and and may you speak. And just give it up up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, basics. What does it mean to be a Christian, an actual follower of Christ? It really comes down to one four-letter word that some of us use a lot, um, but I don't think we really grasp its true meaning. Um, Basically, it's this. L-O-V-E. That's it. Love. Over the past 30 or so years, um, as I've I've heard it defined lots of different ways. Uh, Tolerance, patience, affection, desire. And none of these things really is a complete definition in and of itself, 
they're just one of the many facets that, that love encompasses when it, we're talking about the actual uh, word itself. It seems that when the good news of God's love is shared, uh, all too often it's not done with love. And that's the problem that we're, I really want to dig into today. The problem is, when we get into the black and white of our right and wrong, um, of, of what we believe is right or what we say is wrong, it, 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 it tends to be something that, um, where we get away from God's truth. We, we, we're not actually focusing on what the Bible says. It's, it's, it's our beliefs, it's our understandings. And because of that, we tend to be overbearing and harsh um, when we're trying to get someone to pursue a relationship with, with a loving God. We, we don't... Actually, what I want to say is, we've actually been encouraged and, and even designed to love others into that relationship with God. And all too often, there isn't that love factor. So let me start by really giving you a backdrop of where I come from, who I am, and, and hopefully that'll kind of shore things up here. Um, my personal journey of my relationship with God began like this. I grew up in a loving Christian home. Um, we you know, were at church every Sunday, and usually one to two times throughout the week at other services. And my parents and my church were very big on making sure that uh, we memorized scripture. And the importance of that uh, became a big part of, of who I was. And also being a part of a local community of believers. Those were two of the big things that were really focused on in my childhood. Um, now, interesting, when I look back uh, on, my, on my childhood church and the experience that I had there... Through no fault of my parents, or anyone else for that matter really, it seemed to be the, the, the theme that I got was more about do right, don't do wrong, follow these rules, don't break these rules. Um, you know, we, we were taught, you know, the, the children's Bible stories, and we learned all about the heroes of the faith, but when it came down to living out my Christian walk, it seemed more about the do's and the don'ts. Um, what's allowed, what's forbidden, um, and personally, I was all about knowing where's that line and, and how close can I get to without tiptoeing or usually in the way that I lived out life, pole vaulting far across that line. Um, the, the perception, uh, this perception actually persisted even into, uh, through my childhood and, and into my young adolescence. Um, and it seemed like if I spoke or acted in the wrong way that I may actually, um, shame my parents or, or, or look, be looked down on upon in the, by the eyes of the church itself. And um, so as I grew up uh, and I grew in my understanding of God, my faith just started becoming that. It started becoming mine. It wasn't anything that anyone else was living, and I wasn't trying to live vicariously through my parents. I actually began to grasp what it meant to have my own personal faith. And uh, I graduated from high school. I was accepted to Cedarville University. Uh, and even though I had gone without the intention of majoring in Bible, um, we had plenty of time to study the Bible because everyone who goes to Cedarville, no matter what your major is, ends up with a minor in Bible. So there was plenty of time for us to study God's Word. And uh, I had more than, uh, more than ever 
more than any time that I'd ever had before to be in the Word, mostly because it was a, a class requirement. But the good thing about that was the professors actually challenged us to find out what the Bible says. What does it actually say? Um, not just what do you think it says, but what does it actually say, the, the true meaning of it? And, and I began taking things to God in prayer and comparing the thoughts and the teaching of others with the Bible. And that wasn't only just my basis for grades, but it also became uh, my basis for growth in my relationship with God. I learned that uh, I shouldn't rely on necessarily what others had to say or had told me in the past, but I actually had to go ahead and um, make my final decisions based on the Bible, comparing the opinions of others um, with what God actually had to say. And that became my template, again, not only for getting good grades, but also for uh, who I was, who I was going to be as a Christian. And... I even went so far as to ask questions about my own beliefs, uh, about what I thought was right and wrong. I started to question those things and really take those and put them up against Scripture and say, okay, where do I match up and where do I fall short? What is the truth? Um, so, again, at this point, you guys might be wondering, well, what does this, any of this have to do with love? I'm, I'm almost there. Um, a year before I graduated, I actually accepted a position uh, at a local church as a part-time youth minister. And uh, there I saw a different, more of a legalistic approach to uh, not only scripture, but also to faith in general. I um, saw that uh, people were starting to to uh, draw lines and choose sides, which became, I saw it and it was kind of comfortable to me, you know, because it was kind of strict, kind of like the church that I grew up in, but in the same way it was a little bit different. And I also noticed that my value set and my views on what scripture said matched up with the pastors. So that made me feel comfortable because I felt like I had to be doing something kind of right if this guy who was leading a church agreed or I agreed with him. So I felt like I was doing something pretty good. But again, like I said, those lines were being drawn um, and you could see the people choosing sides and that made me feel pressured to, okay, I have to choose where, where do I stand on this issue? And, and often when I would do that, I would see that group A had a point and group B had a point. And the funny thing was I would have a foot in both camps of thought. And I felt like they had to both be right somehow, but I couldn't marry those two thoughts together. And that, that kind of confused me. Um, so I spent six years at this church and, you know, poured my life into, into the teenagers and, and other people there. And um, God led me away from that environment. And, and I don't have any regret about the time that I spent there. Um, I only wish that I could have seen the truth that I'm going to share today about the fact that sharing God's love um, with people as opposed to trying to figure out where we stood could have actually healed uh, a culture of divisiveness in that church. Um, so shortly after that, God led me and my family here to Quest. Um, and for the past 10 or so years, um, he's been teaching me more and more about relationships, um, about being with people and doing life with people. And um, the more that I've tried to understand who God is and how Jesus personified who God is, um, that recurring theme kept coming back, love. Some would say that memorizing and quoting scripture is probably the most important thing that um, that we can do to share God with others. And I would agree that that's right up there. Um, what it comes down to, though, is we should read and apply the scripture to our lives and then share it with others um, simply because it is that. It's God's word. Because when it comes down to living out our faith, 
and the act of sharing. It's all about the way in which we do it. Whether we're dealing with, with our church family or dealing with people who um, are outside of the church and want nothing to do with it, we have to communicate through that message of love because all people are created in God's image. I think we can agree on that. Um, and since we're all created in God's image, then technically we're all a part of the same family. When, uh, when Christians look at our external family, when we look outside the church um, and we're looking at people who are seeking God or maybe have wanting nothing to do with him. It has to be done when you communicate. It has to be communicated through love. Um, I remember as a child, uh, I loved going out and I loved playing with my friends. And I'd go to their houses and we'd ride bikes and play video games and what have you. And um, I remember one friend specifically, his name was Eric. Um, the rules at his house were very strict. Uh, Eric's parents made him do this, 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 this. And I mean, he just right down the line. This is, you know, and it was interesting though, when I came over, I would get away with things that he would get nailed for. And I remember specifically one incident. He invited me to stay for dinner and we sat down for dinner and I'm sitting there and his mom asked, well, what do you, what would you like to drink? And I said, well, I'd like some milk. Milk would be great. And he gave me one of these looks like, what? How could you ask for milk? What's wrong with you? We drink water and juice at dinner. That's all we drink. And his mom, no, no, that's okay. And, he, you know, I was given the, the, the milk that I asked for. And he protested, that's not fair. That's not fair. He gets to have whatever he wants, but I've got to follow the rules. How is that fair? And, and I didn't catch the sentiment then that it, it, it really was unfair that I could get away with stuff that he had to follow the rules. And... and it didn't seem fair to him that, well, I got to follow the rules, but he gets to do whatever he wants. How is that right? And interestingly enough, um, God does the same thing with us as believers or as Christians. He does the same thing with us because in our effort to come in a closer relationship with God, you know, you, you read through the scriptures and you read verses like First Peter 2, 9, where it says you're a royal priesthood. Well, that's... Set apart, you know, or you read um, in First uh, Corinthians six nineteen, you're not your own; you belong to God. Or you read in in probably one of the most popularly used verses uh, in Romans twelve one and two that um, we need to change our minds. We need to renew ourselves by by changing our minds over to the way that God thinks. And all those things are setting us apart and separating us to be, you know, to be different, to be separate. While living in this world. And, and often the problem comes down to people get to do things that we see and go, that's not fair. They get to do that and I don't get to do that. If I'm going to be set apart, I'm going to follow who God's designed me to be. Then I have to do these things, but they get to do whatever they want. That's not fair. How is that fair? And we get frustrated and, 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 and Christians will get angry and, and perturbed. It's not fair. Almost indignant like a child. We can't expect, people can't expect, can't be expected to be held to the same standards if they don't have the same viewpoints. You see where I'm going here? If, if I see the world this way and someone else sees the world this way, I can't expect them to live the same way that I do if we don't live with the same world view. If I'm going into work every day 
And I talk to these guys and I build relationships with these guys. And I say, hey guys, you know, uh, God's really working on me. He's, he's working on my heart, my temper and keeping me less angry about stuff. And they're like, that's great for you. Good for you. Good job. Good job. And I can't, I can't get frustrated when they don't have that same feeling. They, they, they don't f- pursue that same path. If they haven't had the same encounter with God that I've had, then how is it possible for them um, to do and live the same way that I do? It, it just, it isn't, it isn't the same. It isn't, it isn't fair to them uh, to have to do that. So the point I'm trying to make here is, how does bashing or belittling or berating someone show God's love? If I get so frustrated with someone that I want to just hammer down, you know, you can't do that. That That's not showing God's love necessarily. Um, people who don't hold to the same values cannot be expected to see the world the same way that, that someone else does. Instead of going after people about being evil or about being wrong, we need to see people where they're at. Love people where they're at. If we're going to show God's love, if people, if Christians are going to show God's love, it has to be done in a way where the people who are being spoken to are met where they are. They're given help to get through life's problems. And it's done in a caring way and not in a belittling or begrudging type of of fashion. When people see the love of God being lived out, um, questions are going to come. 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and reverence. When we're speaking to someone and we're sharing with them, it has to be done respectfully. If you're sharing the love of God, it has to be done with respect. It has to be done with caring and understanding. Because... If we, if, if, if I'm sharing God's love and I bring the biblical hammer down on top of someone and I go old school reverend and just, you know, you're going to hell. The Lord is coming and you're going to feel his thunder. You know, if I go into that mode, some people may, some people may respond to that. But mostly if you don't go to someone with the love of God, they're going to say, no, thanks. I don't want any of that. When it comes to dealing with our own brothers and sisters inside the church, with the people that we see on a a regular basis on Sundays and Wednesdays and and in youth group and in small groups, um, the playing field is a little bit different. Um, The comparison is a little bit different. Um, The question here becomes, who's right? Who's wrong? You know, uh, how does the Bible supposed to be interpreted and, and where are the lines drawn and, and, and interestingly enough I found that many disagreements uh, within the church are more about a matter of opinion and less about a matter of faith um, a lot of the things that we butt heads about really have no eternal lasting uh, value that we, we, we smash our heads together and say you can't do this we have to do this and it's not about faith it's about our opinion on what we think is right and wrong. The Bible is clear on a lot of things. So, so don't get me wrong on that. The Bible is clear on a lot of things. And on those things, it's easy to take a stand. Uh, things like God wants all people to come to him. And, and Jesus is the only way to have a relationship um, with God. 
I mean, you look at, look at uh, verses like First uh, Timothy two three through five. Uh, it's, it, it talks about God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of truth. Um, for there is one God and one mediator also between God and men, and that man is Jesus. On issues that become more of a matter of opinion, that's where each person needs to be careful uh, in how we express those views. Because we don't want to cause anyone else to be frustrated or to stumble in their own walk. Um, for example, let's take the use of alcohol. Okay, Some people are in the camp that says, you should never even have a drop. That, that, that if you even have one drop, you're going to be tempted and, and things are going to go awry. And, and all of a sudden you just find yourself in a gutter somewhere begging for change so that you can get that next fix. Other people say, well, you know, we have freedom in Christ and, and, and it's okay that, you know, once you're of the legal age, that it's, it's fine. You can do whatever you want. And, and Jesus is going to forgive you if you go too far. And it's interesting because you can find Bible verses that somewhat back up both ends of that spectrum. Okay. Um, but where matters of opinion uh, are involved, each person needs to be careful because when you become dogmatic and rude to others, whether it comes from a perspective of, of, of you need to loosen up, man, or hey, man, you're too loose, um, it needs to be done, when we take a stand, it needs to be done, again, with that, Humbleness, that humility, uh, again, showing the love of God, because when we're taking a stand on a non-critical issue, it's going to cause nothing more than anger and bitterness, and that whole idea of divisiveness starts to happen, and people start to draw lines and choose sides, okay? So, we all have plenty of our own issues to deal with. I mean, I think we could admit that, um, even in your heart of hearts, um, even Mother Teresa would say she had issues, you know. Um, she would be the first one to admit it. Uh, as would I, getting up here, trust me, they did not choose me because I am the most perfect person. My wife and children would let you know that. Um, and if that's the case, we have to be careful when we're pointing out the faults of others. Uh, in Second Timothy 2, 24 through 25, uh, the Bible says, Be humble when you correct people who oppose you. What's interesting is that verse... That passage in Timothy was actually written to a pastor. And when people were come to challenge him, he was told, be humble when you deal with people who oppose you. Don't act like a know-it-all because that's not going to work out too well in the long run. And then there's the more popular version of this idea in Matthew chapter 7 uh, where the concept of judging others is talked about specifically. Verse 3 says... Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but don't notice that there's a log in your own eye? And verse 4 goes on to say, Or how can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye, and behold, there is a log in your own eye. Funny story about this, actually. Back in middle school, high school, probably more middle school age, um, me and some buddies talked about this, and we had the most hilarious conversation of what it would be like if you literally had a giant beam sticking out of your head and you're walking around with this thing sticking out of your head okay what modification would you make to your life so that you could be more comfortable okay um you can see here i've got a couple pictures up here um and we thought it was hilarious i mean 
What would it look like to be walking around with this giant log sticking out of your face? Would you, would you alter the shape of your car windshield so that it bubbled out more so that you could get in there and have comfort and ease and not have to deal with this giant thing sticking out of your face? You know, and, and what kind of slapstick humor would ensue when, if you went into like a doctor's office and there was this giant log sticking out of someone's, the doctor's eye, okay? And he's trying to get at the person who has this little tiny speck. I mean, what would, this guy is swinging this giant thing around and it's smacking the person in the face and he's trying to get close enough, but his arms aren't close enough, you know? And it's like, oh my gosh, you have a speck in your eye. Let me get that for you while I beat you with this giant log sticking out of my own eye. Now, ladies, I want to make sure that you weren't left out. So I have one more slide um, just for the ladies because it's, it happens to girls too. Um, <laughs> the reality of it is that if we are to deal with others who have issues in their lives, then we need to make sure that we acknowledge first the fact that we are imperfect. I will be the first person to tell you that I am not perfect. Well, I'll probably be the second. I'm not going to point any elbows or anything. But um, I'm not perfect, okay? Um, and we, as a group of uh, churchgoers, I guess you could call it, have to be honest with each other and have to be willing to say, you know what, I want to help, but first let me let you know, I'm not doing this from a place of I'm better. I'm doing it from a place of we're on the same plane and we're both dealing with junk in our lives. Um, pointing the finger and and shaming others is, is pretty childish. Um, our, our main text for today actually says it best. Um, we need to put on a heart of compassion, a heart of kindness, a heart of humility, a heart of gentleness, a heart of patience. We need to bear with one another. Again, there's that we're bearing with each other. We're on the same plane. If you've ever helped anyone move and you've had to be the guy on bottom when you're moving something up or down the steps, you, know, you realize the guy on the bottom is the one that's bearing all the weight. Okay, so what I'm saying is we need to bear with each other equally. Okay, that's where this verse is going. Put, um, we need to forgive each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. We're supposed to forgive others with the same level of forgiveness that Jesus has. The same Jesus who, while he hung from the cross, prayed for the forgiveness of those who put him there. That's the level of compassion and love that we're supposed to share with others. See, they didn't realize what they were doing. And honestly, sometimes I don't think we realize what we're doing either. Paul the Apostle writes to the church and he encourages them, beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which you were called in one body and be thankful. These are the words, these are words that we really need to take to heart. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Be thankful. We're going to deal with people who are going to push us right to the brink of our own civility. Okay? We need to realize that in our humanness, it's easy to have feelings of anger and bitterness towards people who are acting contrary to what we believe in our heart of hearts is right and true. The 
The, the hard part is, though, remembering that even as the ultimate act of love was being lived out, was being played out in real life, when Jesus allowed himself to be nailed to the cross so that we could have our ticket to heaven stamped, so that we could have an ability to actually have a relationship with God, that he was willing and that he actually did ask, Father, forgive them. They, they don't understand who I am. They, they don't get what this is all about. They can't see how important this is. They don't know what they're doing. Even in his death, Jesus gives us an amazing picture of what it means to love all people. The people who want nothing to do with him and wanted to see him nailed to that cross. And the people who thought that they knew everything about him. He was able to show love to all people. And that's the example that we're supposed to follow, that we're called to follow. So the question here is, where are you being more vulnerable in your own weaknesses? Are you allowing the love of God to move in you? I'd like for each of us to take a moment here um, and just... Just bow your heads with me for just a minute. I'd like for everybody here just to take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit, where are my weak points? In what areas am I struggling? And maybe you're like me. Maybe you get easily frustrated when you're challenged. Or, or maybe there's an anger issue that you need to deal with. Ask the Holy Spirit right now. Reveal that to reveal that to you to to begin for you to begin to seek where God wants change in your life. Just take a minute and, and, and do that. And then the question is beyond that. Will we follow Jesus' example of love when we're dealing with someone who hates everything about church? Will we be able to show that kind of love? When you're dealing with a brother or sister in Christ that you know is struggling with life issues, you know they're in the wrong, will you be able to show that kind of love? When you're dealing with people that rub you the wrong way and you feel like they ought to know about it, Will you be willing to show that kind of love? When we come up against life and it brings us to our knees, when you feel like you can't go on, will you allow God to show this kind of love through you? I want us to focus on this as uh, Dusty takes us through the end of the worship set. Um, really focus on who God is and how he wants you to move towards the act of love, whether it's with people that you get to deal with on a weekly basis in here or on a weekly basis outside of here or in your very own home. Where is the love? Thank you for listening. Join us at Quest as we walk with one another in friendship while discovering the reality and goodness of God together. 
For more information and service times, visit us online at go to quest.org.